Well, let's pray together and ask for God to help me and us. Our Father in heaven, we thank you that you revealed yourself to us in the Lord Jesus, who not only lived that perfect sinless life that we should have lived, but he died for us. He rose again. He's now ascended to your right hand in heaven. One day he's coming back. These are things that are true and real. They're things that we believe. But God, we pray and open our ears and our hearts and our minds to what you say to us in your word today. Empower me to speak in a way that's true, relevant to all of our lives. And Lord, help us to listen well and be changed by what we read. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. I think one thing this corona pandemic has taught us all is that we are not in control. We're not in control of our lives. We can't ultimately provide for ourselves. So many people have lost hours at work. They've lost jobs. They are going without. They're going without. I know some of us are in financial need and stressed. Others are stressed trying to cope with school online or with anxiety, with loneliness, just coping with the others that we live with. Then there's people around us who are without hope and without God in the world. And if we have income, if we have health and the love of others or salvation, then it is by God's grace. It's only by the grace of God We can't meet our own needs by ourselves. And yet what we see in John chapter 21 is a living Lord Jesus who provides for his people. This is good for us to believe and to share. Jesus meets our need and he wants us to make disciples. Two weeks ago we were... We read in John chapter 20 how Jesus appeared to his disciples on Easter Sunday evening. Jesus appeared to them again the next Sunday evening and Thomas saw the risen Lord Jesus and said to him, he said to Jesus, my Lord and my God. And now in John 21, Simon Peter, Thomas, James and John and other disciples are up in Galilee. It's about 120 k's north. This is because... As Matthew 28 tells us, Jesus said to the women who first saw him raised from the dead, he said, go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee and there they will see me. And in Matthew 28 verse 16, the disciples have gone to Galilee and it's there that the events of John 21 happen. It's These events that we read happen before Jesus ascends to heaven, before the Great Commission. So let's jump into John 21 and look briefly at it. I hope you've got your Bible open or the app on your device open. I'm going to have the three points this morning, three points, the first being no fish. In verse 3, Peter tells the other disciples, I'm going fishing, fishing, and the others join him. Some scholars suggest that Peter does the wrong thing here uh, because he should be focused on making disciples and telling other people about Jesus. But but they had been told, as we read, that they should go to Galilee and and wait for Jesus because he will appear to them there. And besides, they don't actually have the Holy Spirit yet. And, And whether Peter's uncertain about his purpose in life now 
or maybe he's just bored or, or needing something to eat. His going fishing is not sinful. They spend all night out in the boat. And what do they catch? Nothing. As day is breaking, a man on the shore calls out from the shore, friends or literally children, haven't you caught any fish? It's like me every time I go fishing, pretty much. I've got two brothers who are quite good fishermen, and from land or pier, I've only ever caught fish when I was with them. My boys would love me to take me to take them fishing, but I catch nothing. Last year, I even went to a trout farm for two hours, and I caught zip. Nothing. Went off the coast of Tassie in a boat. I caught fish. It was great. Uh, mind you, I couldn't reel the shark in because I was so seasick and I was losing my breakfast over the side. I know many of you are better fishermen than I, but even the best fisherman knows that sometimes you catch no fish. You can't make that fish get on your hook. And these experienced fishermen in John 21, they were unable, powerless, to fill their net with fish. And as I shared earlier, many of us know what it's like to be unable and powerless to fix our problem or help ourselves. Some people predict that this corona crisis will bring the worst economic downturn since the Great Depression. Humanity has been humbled by a microbe. When the disciples were left no, were left with no fish, things are about to change though, aren't they? Point two is full of fish, full of fish. Jesus speaks to them from the shore, but they don't yet recognize him. He says, throw your net out on the right side of the boat and you'll find some, you'll find them. And when they did, what happened? They caught so many fish that they were unable to haul the net in. The net was full of fish. John writes, John who writes is the disciple whom Jesus loved and he recognises Jesus. He recognises it's Jesus. John recognises first and Peter, as he's done before, acts first. Peter dives in, he's keen to swim to get to Jesus, leaving the others to drag in the net full of fish. And I love the detail that there was 153 large fish I mean, how could any fisherman resist counting, resist counting them? 153 whoppers. It's a wonderful detail that reminds us that this is an eyewitness writing here. John, who writes, really was there. He really saw Jesus alive back from the dead. Some writers try to come up with a symbolic meaning or spiritual significance for the 153, but we're never given an explanation for why that number. Isn't the point, rather, that the powerful Jesus provided for them? Jesus comes to them. He provides them with this miraculous catch of fish. The net doesn't break. He provides Jesus is the generous provider. And in verse 12, they're blown away that it's him. In verse 12, they're not unbelieving or stupid. They're amazed 
I think they're struggling to take it in. The risen and living Lord Jesus is with them and he powerfully provides. The the abundance of the catch, it's repeated. Verse 6, verse 8, verse 11. And he provides breakfast for them. Do you notice that? The fire, the bread, the fish and that warm invitation to have fellowship with him. Come and have breakfast. Jesus breaking the bread and giving it to them in verse 13, it may have brought to mind the Last Supper. But surely it would also have brought to mind Jesus' words spoken earlier in John's Gospel. In John chapter 6, verse 35, Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. And in verse 40, Jesus says, My Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. And then Jesus gave up his life, dying for us to give us life. Have you believed and trusted in Jesus for life? If you're working that out, if you're still working that out, that's okay. But I want to remind you of or point you to the words at the end of John chapter 20. In John 20, verse 29, we read this. These signs, these, the miracles in this book of John, are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. So if you're not a follower of Jesus, please read John's gospel that you too may come to believe in him so he can provide you with the eternal life, which is what you need more than anything. More than anything. But amazingly, wonderfully, the Lord provides for our needs now. Even now. In Philippians chapter 4, Philippians 4, the Apostle Paul says in verse 12, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. The Philippian Christians had generously and sacrificially provided for Paul and his ministry, and he says in 4, Philippians 4, verse 19, My God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Brothers and sisters listening, do you believe that? Do you believe those words? As we heard last week in Luke chapter 12, if God clothes the flowers, how much more will he clothe you? When you're going without, when you're unable 
to fix your situation, when you don't have the wisdom you need, the, the money in the bank or the strength or energy in your body, you have here a promise to cling to. Christian, your God will meet all your needs. It's not a promise that you'll get all you want, when you want it. But our living Lord Jesus will meet your needs and mine. In the 1800s, London suffered a series of cholera outbreaks. More microbes. And many people died leaving many children hungry and homeless. God led George Mueller and a friend to build several orphanages to provide a home, food, clothes and education for over 2,000 children. The matron of the infant's home went to Mueller one day and said, I don't have the money for the milk that we need. George counted the money they had and they were two pence short of what they needed. Let's pray about it, he said. They prayed that the Lord would provide the money for the infant's milk. When Muller opened the door to let the matron out, a poor woman stood there. I don't have much money, she told him, but the Lord led me to bring this to you. She handed him two pence, exactly what was needed for the milk. Dear brothers and sisters, pray and keep trusting the Lord to meet your needs. Jesus, the living Lord, provides what we need for life now physically until he brings us home to be with him forever, to experience life forever. But there's so many people who don't know the Jesus who saves and provides. Third point is go fishing. Remember Jesus is with his disciples on the beach having provided a net full of fish John 21, this true story is filled with symbolism. It's reminiscent of three years earlier, which we read about, which we heard Jenny read for us in Luke chapter 5. Do you remember? There Jesus said to Simon Peter, put out into deep water, let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night. We haven't caught anything. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they'd done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. At this, Peter feels his sinfulness in the presence of the Lord. All the disciples are astonished. And Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. Or in the words of Matthew chapter 4, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. So do you see that that fishing is a symbol of kingdom ministry? Fishing is like a parable of the disciples' future ministry. And that's part of our following Jesus too. In love, we want to help people not get caught in a net, but but come to Christ and be be scooped up by God's grace. 
and receive eternal life. I'm sure that these events in Luke 5 would have come to the disciples' minds in John 21. Jesus wants his disciples to be fishers of men. It's not fishing know-how that we're called to, but the mission of making disciples, followers of Jesus. As we tell people of the Jesus who can give them life when they trust in him. That's the mission Jesus leaves them with at the end of Matthew 28. Go and make disciples of all nations. The the parallel in John is in John 20, verse 21, when the risen Jesus says, so I am sending you. And we, Jesus' disciples, we make disciples in the strength that he provides, for he is with us always, always. As some of us heard in the Empowered Course last week, we can wake up every morning and before our feet hit the floor, we can remind ourselves that we are not alone. And we can request Christ's help. We can request the Spirit's help. Yes, we will support the making of disciples in different ways, with different gifts, different opportunities, time, different amounts of energy, money, the words that God gives. But the point is Jesus is alive and he can provide for us so we can help others to find life in him too. And if thinking about that makes you scared or feel inadequate, I get that. I feel that. So let's remember that he's the one who provides people with what they need. Colin Mbawa is a friend who serves as a Presbyterian pastor in Malawi, Africa, one of the poorest countries in the world. He studied at our Presbyterian college here in Victoria before returning. I was blessed to go on a short-term mission to Malawi and Zambia in 2007. Colin, just in January, moved to a different church in Blantyre, which has a very large congregation but he's also responsible for three other congregations larger than ours that he can't even get to in the rainy season. On his first three Sundays this year, he ordained 22 elders. He baptised 30 adults, 13 infants, and had 30 professions of faith. Their church building had, at the start of this year, no windows and a dirt floor. His main congregation has 150 kids in Sunday school every week with new children coming every week, new adults coming to faith in Jesus nearly every week. On Easter Sunday, just gone, a former Muslim man professed his faith in Jesus Christ before his church. My point is, it's not Colin. It's not the elders, it's not even the church members who are saving all these people. It's a work and provision of the Lord Jesus by his spirit. Christ is saving people, providing them with eternal life. And and he uses people, he uses our words, our prayers, our practical love, whether we're in Malawi or in Melbourne. Colin says, please pray for us and let your hearts be moved for the salvation of the people I'm serving. 
I ask, are your hearts moved to pray for the salvation of the people that we know, the people that you know? The living Lord Jesus doesn't just want ministers to go making disciples, but but all of us, kids included. Kids, if you're colouring in a sheet or not really listening, please listen for a moment. I, I love the Colin Buchanan song from the Jesus Rocks the World album. The song's called Reel Em In and the chorus says, Be like a fisherman. Forgiveness is the bait. You've got to burly up with godly love. Be prepared to wait. Some folks are drawn to Jesus, so just leave that bit to him. But if they bite, reel them in. Which person can you love? Send a message to or call on the phone? Which person can you share with about the good news of forgiveness? You've got to burly up with godly love. Be prepared to wait. Be like a fisherman. The the fisherman, the keen fisherman amongst us can't physically go fishing at the moment in this yet with this COVID situation, but but fishing for people is something we can still do, even in lockdown. When a friend asks you how you're coping being out of work at the moment, could you speak of the hope? of blessings in heaven that you'll never lose? Could you speak of your trust in the Lord to provide for you now? When a neighbour asks you questions about life, could you reply, I wonder if you've ever read one of the biographies of Jesus, the primary source material, or would you like to read the book of John together and you can share with me your thoughts on that? Pray for unbelievers you know who are lost without the life and love of Jesus. For our dependence on Jesus, the one who provides, it will be seen in our prayers. You and I and our friends depend on the Lord for everything, our life and health now and life forever. Our dependence will be seen in how much we pray and what we pray for, and whether we give up. As many of you heard Becky Pippett say in the Empowered Course, it's only when you see that you are not enough that you are willing to turn to the one who is enough. Jesus is the living Lord who provides us with what we need And he can provide others with the eternal life that they need to. Believe it. And with joy and thankfulness and love, share it. Let's pray. Lord God, uh, you have revealed yourself to us in Jesus, the one who loved and provided for his disciples the one who gave his life as a sacrifice for our sin to provide us with forgiveness and eternal life. This is great news that we believe that has changed so many of our lives. Lord, we pray for those that are still thinking about these things. You'd help them to keep thinking and not put it aside.
And Lord, for those of us who are followers of Jesus, his disciples, help us to know we're not alone. He provides us with what we need to help other people come to follow him and experience life too. So help us to not look at ourselves and our fears and inadequacies. Help us to look at Jesus, our great saviour and provider. And may we look out to those around us with love, wanting and seeking and praying that they would come to experience life forever through Jesus too. Empower us by your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.